guys and gals. You're listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 31. I am your humble host, Chris Latore. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you don't, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Sunspots Comics. We'd greatly appreciate it. Hit up our website, sunspotscomics.com and zombiedestroyers.com. And if you could ever lovingly do so, hit us up with a five-star review on iTunes and put a little positive blurb there. I love to read those and would greatly, greatly appreciate it. And announcement number three of Zombie Destroyers is if you follow us on Facebook at sunspotscomics.com, you'll see um, ink to paper. Um, Jordan Hudson, artist extraordinaire, on Instagram at Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art. He uh, signed a small contract to sign up for six issues of Zombie Destroyers, the comic book we're going to be releasing on zombiedestroyers.com very soon. We'll first be putting it on black and white and then later on print in color. And very soon we're going to be putting some of the character development work on all of the social media. So make sure you're following us there. It's going to be pretty cool stuff to look at. For the upcoming comic book, I will be writing and he will be drawing, Jordan Hudson. So excited, I can't wait. Got a good portion of it uh, written already, and it's just a lot of fun. And this show is going to be packed, it's going to be fun, so thanks for tuning in. I hope it makes your drive, your commute, your break time, your lunch, or whatever a little bit better. Puts a little nerd smile on your face. We've got four comic book feel-good factoid freebies. I've got three Spider-Sense tingling stories. I've got five comic books that I read that made the top favorite picks of the week for December 2nd. So let's just jump right in and away we go. So starting out, I've got four comic book feel-good factoid freebies. The first one comes from buffalonews.com. It's kind of a follow-up to an article I read last week or the week before about the guy that lives in the city of Medina, I guess that's near Buffalo, New York, who was a comic book collector that he was robbed and he actually died from it. Um, He was 77 years old with a $30,000 comic book collection. And I wished and prayed that they threw the comic books at him, at these these, uh, assailants that did this to him. And they've got the last one, I guess former carnival worker, uh, this person, um, Albert Parsons, was the last defendant in the case, admitted to taking part in the robbery and that led to this gentleman's death, Homer. Homer Marciniak was the, um, fortunately the victim of this. But uh, justice was not blind in this case. Looks like Matt Murdock came through, but um, they they did throw the comic books pile at, at, at these three assailants and they'll be serving some serious jail time. So nice to see that wrapped up at, at the very least and the family can now rest and now uh, they Hopefully the community and around them and people hearing of this story will get involved and see what they can do to help out the family of of Homer. And I hope they got the comic books back. I was looking for something related to that and it doesn't look like there's any information on that. So maybe we'll hear something about that later. I do hope they get his collection back and it goes to the family where it should. So that's the first one. Second one is from World Bank, theworldbank.com. And it's, the article title is, If You Cannot Say It, Then Draw It. Comic Books Against Gender-Based Violence in India, GBV. So this is another one of those articles that's very cool where the community is getting together, the young people in a certain community are getting together to illustrate, write, draw, ink comic books based on their mythological deities in their culture. Not very much different from, say, what Marvel does with, you know, Thor and, and so on. And 
they're drawing these comics to specifically point out uh, their voice against gender-based violence, specifically towards the women being raped in India. They even go as far as using the augmented reality application that some Marvel comics have, where you can hover your smartphone over their comic and then it brings it to life. Very cool, like like Hindi god they have here that strikes lightning and sitting with tigers. Just very colorful and beautiful. And it's just another one of those things that these people are using comic books to express something that they're, they feel strongly about in their community and in the world and want to send out a positive message and, and bring awareness to, to GBV. I thought it was touching. It really warmed my heart and a very, very interesting article there. My number three comes from newyorkhistory.org. Again, more of this I wish wish was in Los Angeles. I would go to it. This is an exhibition called Superheroes in Gotham. It, uh, this exhibit will tell a story of the birth of comic book superheroes in New York City, the leap of comic book su superheroes from the page into radio, television, film, the role of fandom, including the yearly mega event known as the New York Comic Con, which, yeah, we have San Diego Comic Con, and ways which comic book superheroes created in the late 1930s through the 60s have inspired and influenced the work of contemporary comic book artists, cartoonists, and painters in New York City. Looks like an amazing exhibit with just pages and pages and pages of original art from some of the classics like Batman number one. Woo, I would love to put my eyes on the actual Batman number one. So very cool exhibit. If you're in the New York area, check it out. It's through February 21st. So it'll be here for a while. Very, very nice. And the fourth and final comic book feel-good factoid freebie comes from techly.com. This is pretty cool. This hospital is using superhero drips, IV drips, to help kids beat cancer. So they've taken these, you know, boring IV bag looking drips of just clear fluid and made these kind of cool superhero cases that they can, they can sit in. And they're actually trying to help that bring more positiveness to the children that are going through chemotherapy with superheroes like Batman, Superman, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, of just bringing a little color, just bringing a little fun. One nurse went as far as saying that, hey, you've got the super, for the super formula. And, and you know, just, just joking around, having some fun dialogue, bringing a little humanization to, to cancer and this fight against cancer. And very cool that Warner Brothers teamed up with uh, some, some folks in the medical facilities and various hospitals. This looks like it's actually starting not in the US, but in Brazil. And of course, they're looking to eventually get it everywhere. They have potentially uh, 800 different hospitals that want to participate in this. So just very cool. Bring a little color, bring a little comic book fun into the nasty fight against cancer, but I thought very cool. And of course, all my comic book feel-good factoid freebies I will share on all the instant, the Instagram, the Facebook, the Twitter, at Sunspots Comics, so you can see these articles and read them a little bit more. So those are the four comic book feel-good factoid freebies. Hope you enjoyed them, because I did. What's that sound? What is that? That must be my spider sense. It's tingling! Something's happening! <laughs> so I've got three spider sense tingling articles and these are just articles that are something a little off the beaten path something i feel like this could eventually this article could be an indication or something that's leading us to turning comic books some things that happen in comic books into a reality because i think it's inevitably inevitably going to happen and these three articles point that out the first one's from tech times and techtimes.com points out here this article that says 
uh, researchers have created a hologram that is touchable. A touchable hologram. Wow, these Japanese scientists have taken their technology up a notch. They've figured out a way for colored, fairy-lighted holograms, they call it, to, they're so dense in their pixelization that you can actually feel them when you touch them. So, holograms that can actually be touched? Tony Stark, I think, would like a little something like that, right? Who knows, but wow, Japanese scientists stepping up. That one uh, is some interesting technology. Who knows what applications that's going to have to where you can actually touch and feel holograms that are doing things. <laughs> Strange, but I'm sure they're going to come up with some interesting ways that could be practical, maybe? Who knows? The second uh, the comic book uh, sense, my spider sense is tingling article, is from HuffingtonPost.com. Researchers use sound to levitate objects, and it's amazing. The Star Wars-inspired sonic tractor beam creates a force field that can lift, move, or rotate small beads. So, I'm surprised. I was thinking, well, small beads, okay, not that impressive, but... I was first thinking in my mind it would be this gigantic contraption moving these teeny small little objects. Well, no, not really. It's about, I don't know, the size of a small book, paperback book, that's levitating these beads. And, they're, and with sound, they're able to manipulate that, to pull them in, to draw them in. Uh, they're, they're talking about the practicality of this can be limitless from people that don't have limbs to, to moving things that are closer to them, like using force. The voice is strong with this one. So I thought very cool, little piece of technology. Uh, hopefully villains won't get a hold of this, right? Who knows what, what they could do with this, but tractor beams becoming a reality, who knows? And third, the Spider-Sense Tingling article comes from American Bazaar Online. Chinese scientists claim to have developed technology to clone humans, yay. <laughs> and a name I can really, I have really just no business even trying to pronounce. It's X-U-X-I-A-O-C-H-U-N. So how do you pronounce that? I don't mean, I'm not even going to try. But they, uh, the scientist, the chief scientist working in the world's largest cloning factory located in China? Uh, why? Uh, we don't need that. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they're talking about, of course, not releasing information about cloning humans because of the media backlash that'll hit them. Well, yeah. Uh, hello. So this one, this was a little frightening, but how many movies, TV shows, comic books are there about where cloning things go wrong? Come on, are, are, are the Chinese scientists not watching anything? <laughs> we need to not mess with that. Let's leave it alone. But anyway, that's, uh, that, that one definitely made the spider sense tingle. Cloning, not good. Stay away from it. <laughs> so hope you enjoyed all of that. So. Let's uh, jump right in to my favorite part of the, of the podcast, of course, which is the favorite comic books of the week for New Comic Book Day, December 2nd. And before we get jumped in, jump in right into there, spoiler alert, of course, don't forget, I do read a bunch of comic books, I try not to give the best pieces away, but spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. So take notes, or just go on to sunspotscomics.com to see what the poll list is, maybe read the comic first, then come here and check it out and listen to my review. These are ultimately recommendations, I want you to go to local comic book stores and buy them, they're worth the money. This week was 17 comics and only 5 made the top pick, so that ratio is not very good, but the 5 that made it were 
just amazing and well deserved to be in the top rankings. The art winner and art cover of the week is the my number one pick of the week, Dragons, the Jim Henson, uh, the storyteller, tale one of four, Dragons. And that has the most beautiful cover with the beautiful antlered dragon fighting these uh, look like Indians or Eskimos, who knows what they are. And the art is gorgeous, white background, very simple, very clean. Uh, the dragon's coming out of this wave and attacking this, this like Indian man and his young son. And the art in, it, in this comic is gorgeous. We'll get into that in a second. But those, the art winner and the cover winner, Daniel Bayless of that series. So I'm going to shout out on all the social media. Please put your eyes on that. His art is gorgeous. Even the inking, fantastic. The number ones, there was only two true number ones this week. That dragons being one of them. And the other one was a westernish weird sci-fi Black Jack Ketchum. Black Cat, Black Jack Ketchum did not make the top picks, but uh, decent number one. I might, I might pick in, you know, peek into number two. But uh, there were some other Marvel number ones, which of course, with all the Marvel, with Marvels coming out with a new number one every week or so, I'm not counting those as number ones technically. So, just two true number ones this week, and. It was, a, it was a really good, solid week. I have to oh, mention uh, the ending of an arc of by Image Comics, The Humans, from Keenan Marshall, Keller, and Tom Neely. Great series. This was number 10, wrapping up a major arc. Looks like it'll be away for a while. And if you're in the mood for some heavy-duty, ultra-crazy monkey violence uh, in the vein of uh, the Sons of Anarchy, the, uh, just insanity, profanity... Uh, sexuality, violence, gore, over the top. I gotta say, it was a lot of fun. It was, the violence in it was jaw-dropping at times. The, the, these group of, of chimpanzees and various monkeys in this insane sort of 70s biker gang going against this other biker gang. And this wrapped up, uh, the number 10 wrapped up the major arc of the fight between this the two rivaling monkey gangs and it was insane just ultra violent ultra over the top gore but a lot of fun at the same time so i have to mention that that that's over didn't make the top picks because just just plainly a lot of violence in, in the wrap-up issue of it but was really a, a great pick and thank you uh dave baker uh, you can follow him on instagram x dave baker x he does that comic uh, and he was uh, on number 15 where we interviewed I interviewed Dave Baker of Action Hospital, so check that out. Thanks for recommending that. And I also have to mention, before I jump into Zombies vs. Robot number 10, uh, didn't make the top pick, Zombies vs. Robots, but one thing that was very cool was the the story by the primary writer, um, Rael, his daughter, Lucy. He let his nine-year-old daughter do four pages of a Zombie vs. Robots comic, and he writes a nice little paragraph about how he didn't tell her to do it. She did it on her own, nine years old and wrote this Zombie vs. Robots comic, four pages, had it illustrated, um, lovingly illustrated, I must say, and this four-page part of it I enjoyed actually maybe a little bit more than the core of the comic, but I thought very cool concept, and how he let his daughter chase her dreams and, and write something, and it was cute and fun, and, and very much felt like a nine-year-old was writing it, and he even puts a blurb in there how, how he left it alone and literally just let her work speak for itself. Very cool. So I have to give a shout out to that, Mr. Rael, which his first name is escaping me, but he let his daughter, Lucy, take the reins. It's pretty cool. 
So I have to mention those couple of things. And uh, so now let's jump in to the top five comic book picks of the week for New Comic Book Day, December 2nd. And coming in at number five for Marvel Comics, Invincible Iron Man. Brian Michael Bendis on the writing, which, you know, he's the master of disaster. And you have David Marquez on art. I love his art here. Such clean lines. I love what he did with the Iron Man suit. There are times where you can see that the color is changing on the metal. You can see that on one point he's fighting these ninjas holding laser swords. And it just looks, the Iron Man suit looks something out of Shogun Warriors. Look that up. Just very Japanimation style giant robot look to Iron Man. And he's fighting ninjas with laser swords. I mean, come on. Who's not having fun there? If you're not having fun watching Iron Man fight ninjas with laser swords, something's wrong with you. You should go put an ointment on it, a cream, something. But this is just a, a blast. This introduces a new bad guy, which I think is going to stick around. And we even just accidentally jump into Mary Jane Watson from the Spider-Man series, and she's a club owner, and the the violence ensues in her club, and... And, you know, one of the heartwarming parts of this that I really enjoyed was Iron Man promised to go to this elementary school to say hello to the kids. And he, or it's a hospital of of sick kids, I think is what it actually is. He'd been putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. There's even a hologram message telling uh, Tony Stark of the past, telling Tony Stark of the future, you can't cancel on this anymore. You have to go. And he shows up and the kids are like, where's the suit? Like, that's nice that you're here, Tony, but yeah, we kind of want to see the suit. So he played with them. All of a sudden, like, not one suit, but like eight suits. Eight Iron Man suits come through the door. And he even lets a kid try an Iron Man suit on, and they custom size he, Tony Stark custom size it for the kid. Like a little mini Hulkbuster. Just adorable. But I thought it was just heartwarming, and it just worked for me, and, and humanized Tony Stark here, showing that he's not a complete D-bag, and that he's spending a little time with the kids. So I thought... Fantastic issue, and you know, where's what's Mary Jane in there for? I'm not sure, right? But I'm I'm in. This is on the pull. You should be checking it out. All four episodes have been solid and consistent, and beautiful art by Mr. Marquez. So that's my number five. Number four, Marvel Comics, Daredevil number one, and this is a new team, new arc. We've had uh, the previous team of Daredevil go on for quite some time, record-breaking amount of time. Well, now we've got Charles Soule as writer, Ron Garney as the artist, Matt Milla on color. And Ron Garney and Matt Milla, wow, they are really working well together. It has a Frank Miller-style look to Daredevil, black and white, with the red bands on his hands and red belt. Love it. Love the look. It does have that look of... Uh, the artist that I loved before the previous team, which his name is escaping me, but it will come to me very soon. But it had this black and white look to it, but with but accents of red. And when Daredevil's underwater, saving this gang member, it just looks gorgeous and really just immerses you literally into this scene here where he's underwater. He has to use his, uh, his, his stick that has a blade that pops out of it to save this gang member and why all the gang members are waiting on the surface to take Daredevil out. So it quickly in one pages, one page, I like this, introduces this new gang they're called the Ten Fingers uh, that are have already have a problem with Daredevil. So it kind of jumps up and uh, up and running pretty quickly. I like that. It doesn't really honor or address or mention the sort of previous arc. It's just kind of starting fresh, just kind of a reboot. But it, it, it works. There's there's slight hints to how foggy 
and Matt's relationship is still a little rocky based on what happened in the past, so just briefly touches on it, but doesn't hang around there too often. And then you got a sidekick. You've got Blind Spot. Visually very cool. He's kind of invisible. And fighting a bunch of gang members when Daredevil's having a, and a little bit of an issue fighting so many dudes after he jumped after he just came out of the water, which messes with his his visual sense that he has. And it's just a gorgeously drawn. It shows that now he's a prosecuting attorney, so a little different, where he's going to trying to put away criminals rather than save the innocent. So he's going a little more on offense than defense. Interesting turn there. I want to see how that works out and how that goes. He's back in New York. And, uh, and yeah, again, spoiler, I guess his sidekick is not really on his side because they show the new villain, Ten Fingers, which Ten Fingers on each hand. Really creepy looking. Love the art here, though. Fantastically done. So that's why it's my number four. Daredevil, number one. And now we're in the top three. Number three, from Black Mask Comics, We Can Never Go Home. From Hood, Kinlon, Kinlon, and Rosenberg. I met Mr. Rosenberg at uh, KamikazeCon recently. He signed everything, which was really nice of him. Super, super nice guy. This is a crazy kind of story about these two teenagers that <laughs> sort of have their awake their powers awakening and, and they they just get into some trouble early on where the young boy Duncan is abused by his father and she punches the father in the face Maddie does and uh, breaks the dad's neck so they can never go home hence the name and so after their sort of murder spree and robbery of uh, robbing villains etc in this sort of, you know, lack of sort of direction, just getting into trouble, they decide, let's go to, like, a major drug dealer and try to join him, I guess? So, interesting draw, in, interestingly written here as, you know, these teenagers just don't know what they're doing. And it's so very clear that they don't as they sort of join this crazy gang and the, the gang leader is this creepy, bearded, very pale-skinned-looking dude that is very frightening. They, they, he tells them that there's an initiation. Um, you have to stay in your room. You're locked up at night with a bodyguard at the door. She has sort of almost like Hulk-like powers, basically. She's super strong. Um, hit over the back of the head with a baseball bat, and it hardly affects her. And they, the next morning when they sleep in their creepy cells that are locked up for the night, they throw her into a gladiator arena and see how she does. They... they they beat the crap out of her, and she hangs in there. And they, they, this that the kingpin tells Duncan, uh, use your quote unquote mind powers to to save her and kill people. So he doesn't. We don't really know. He claims he has the power to kill people with his mind, but I feel like we haven't really seen it. So this is like he's really trying to test those powers, and he's Duncan's like, you know, he doesn't help her. He just says, hang in there, Maddie. And that's crazy. He, he, he's in love with her. He definitely has this mad crush on her. But when it came down to that moment, he didn't help her. So what a twist. You, you think, wow. You, you thought he was kind of a, a, a warm character. This definitely has a deve developmental turn for this character where you think, okay, he's kind of a, kind of a dick. And so, yeah, Maddie's uh, very pissed at him that, she, that he let her just get the crap beaten out of her. 
he comes into the room to like say sorry and he had already built a plan to have her escape so he unlocks her he lets her run and then they're torturing him in a very rambo like scene where they've got him on the metal bed mattress thing uh, hooked up to a car battery and he's they're beating the crap out of him to just find out where Maddie went and he won't give up her location He's they're like do you want to die for her and he says yes? So wow very noble very brave that he's being tortured and he's not going to give her up So he thought okay, maybe that was part of his plan to let her get beaten up like that and to then let her escape well Maddie goes and grabs the feds so the feds get involved Everything just goes batshit crazy, and then there's a little leap forward in time at the end. So I enjoyed this. I thought it was a lot of fun. Check it out. We Can Never Go Home, Issue 5. Kind of ended the arc. I guess we've got to wait a little while to see where it picks up from there, but I liked the little leap forward in time at the end to give the next arc a little twist. So very much enjoy that. Number two. Number two from Vertigo Comics, Unfollow. Number two. This is that story of where the creator of Twitter picked 140 people to give his billions of dollars to, uh, divided up, gives everyone multi-millions. And we're still sort of developing the characters here, but very interesting as to where this is going. So we're meeting another one of the 140, which is this Japanese author that lives deep in the Japanese jungles, and him and his boyfriend are there having a conversation about a book that he wrote is similar to the prediction of the 140, of him being selected. And they, they, he references that at one point in 2002, this Japanese author, uh, in front of the Japanese government, took a samurai sword and hacked off his own legs in a sort of a political statement. Twisted. And he's got these crazy face tattoos. and So yeah, interesting character development for just one of the 140. How are they going to do this? Are they going to introduce all 140 characters? Like, this comic book could take a millennia. So... Interesting how there's how much time you're spending with each character So you're introduced to a new character and then we go back to the character that was in the last page of issue number one Which is this crazy looking bearded white guy drifter That was selected as one of the 140. I thought he just felt like he had a calling to where he had to assassinate all 140 But no, he was actually picked these uh, agents of the Twitter owner pick him up uh, on this tarmac in the middle of nowhere and he has a bag full of every weapon you could imagine and grenade and etc. And wow, is uh, they say they allow him to bring this arsenal onto the plane because that was the strict instructions from the Twitter owner that uh, they can bring whatever they have with them and they have to bring it. So they throw that on a plane and off he goes. And then you're introduced to a man, a bad area. Look, looks like it's they reference it being St. Louis where the gentleman that is seeing random like wild cats like jaguars and cheetahs in the city uh he's having these visions of this where he even says that maybe he's losing his mind because he sees another like cheetah going through the street of st louis and this is a an interesting uh moment that he has with his sister where his sister admits you know he always has all the luck and he has the good skin and the good hair and the good looks and and she just kind of admits that she's jealous of him and just kind of a gut-wrenching sibling conversation here and then he makes his plea let me take my sister with me she can't stay in this neighborhood it's bad it's horrible and they're like no you can't if you take your sister you lose the money so man I felt you felt with the way they he drew the emotion in the face that he's in he's in heavy conflict over this 
but he has to see what this can do. And he really, he keeps sending text messages to his sister. You know, we're going to do this together. This is us. But she just has this look of despair, which which he draws so beautifully. Um, which, by the way, I don't know if I mentioned the team here. Williams, Dowling, and Winter. Um, just gorgeous. The writer, Rob Williams. Artist, Michael Dowling. Fantastic artist. And I want to see more of his work. He is a pro. It's beautiful. The coloring is gorgeous. Very realistic, hyper-realistic look, but the faces really express some true emotion that you can, it works for me. It's very believable. And then you're, you go back over to the origin of the story from issue number one, the, uh, the woman that was um, looking like she was going to kill herself and she was being recorded. Um, she's in a, like a Middle Eastern country, unnamed Middle Eastern country, and she's, uh, that she had that knife that was used to, I guess, rape people in her country. Well, we get a little backstory of her where she is starts out as a, as a photographer, like a nature, National Geographic style photographer, filming nature, and her, her cousin has a baby, and when she sees that baby's face, she realizes she has to, like, go out there and live in the world and, and show the world the beauty of her pictures. And you flash forward to where she's actually being tortured when she was being filmed, and she is one of the 140, and then boom through the door is that crazy assassin guy with that weird Mayan mask and long red beard just shooting all the people, all these people that have her, um, that are forcing her to, to be recorded. And he basically takes them all out. So just interesting twist. And they choose her as a person that they want to film this 140 experience. So very interesting, very neat little social commentary. It has some real-world event reflection, frightening, but very well-drawn, very well-written. Hats off. Could have easily been the number one. But the number one this week was seriously fantastic. Go out and buy this immediately. It's Jim Henson's The Storyteller, Tale 1 of 4, Dragons, from Archaea. Art by Daniel Bayless. Story and art. So this guy took both, both seats, using the driver and the passenger seat. The script by Fabian Rangel Jr. and letters by Warren Montgomery. Uh, just a beautiful piece of work. I have to tell you, the coloring in this so rich, so beautifully drawn. Little of that ethereal fantasy look. Mega colors all over the place. A lot of time in the red family of colors in the red palette. But I don't want to spoil too much of this. But I'll tell you, it's just a—it's an old man sitting there talking to a dog. And they are sitting by a fireplace in this warm and comfortable chair. He's eating some fish. And he even looks at us, little fourth wall coming down and telling us, this reminds me of a story. And it goes into this like Indian man in a canoe with his son fishing and then a dragon pops out. And the way they draw this dragon, it has antlers, but it has a like, snake-like um, teeth like you could almost see the venom coming out of it and then this sort of crazy Indian Eskimo-y patternized look to him that is just gorgeous like black and it has like a Samurai Jack feel to it like the uh, the evil bad guy in Samurai Jack which I can't remember his name but it has that look and feel to it and it is a little on the cartoony side but very stylized and gorgeous and a battle ensues between this this uh, dragon that attacks them on this canoe first when they were fishing but these crazy like warlike birds come to the rescue and battle with this dragon 
and it's gorgeous. It's in the ocean, there's lightning striking, there's rain going. You see close up on the eyes and it really does a great job of telling the emotions. It has a little, fe a little of that Princess Bride feeling, like a grandpa telling a story. But you love this story and it's just an adventure and it's, it's, what happens from there is just fantastic. The, they get separated, they're on two different islands, and that, you know, I, that's really all I want to tell you. I want you to read this one, so I'm really going to stay light in the spoilery department, but I can tell you it's gorgeous, it has an adventure to it, and it's, and it wraps up. It's just one story, and I, I, I if, if each one of these stories, all four of this in this series, are all different like this and unique, and, or if they just do the same thing over and over again, where Grandpa Guy is sitting next to a fire talking to a dog telling stories of dragons, it works on so many levels. It has that fantasy feel, it has that far and away feel, it is beautiful to put your eyes on, the cover is gorgeous, that's why it's art winner and cover winner of the week. Easy to be a two for win right there, and it is gorgeous. Check out Jim Hansen's The Storyteller, Tale 1 of 4, Dragons. That is my top pick of new comic book day for December 2nd. So please check those all out. Buy them immediately at your local comic book shop. Those are my top five out of 17. I mean, that's uh, the ratio, not so good, but those five comics were stellar, excellent, out of this world. You should buy them immediately. So again, in closing, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Sunspots Comics. Please write us that five-star review on iTunes. We really appreciate it. And if you have some questions or you want a comic book recommendation or you have a recommendation for the show or whatever it is, email me directly at chris at sunspotscomics.com. If I do mention your email on the podcast, you will get a comic book prize. And they've been good. I've sent them out, seven or nine of them so far. Check out the social medias if you want to see who won them, who they are, and what they got. But thank you so much for tuning into the show. I really, really hope you enjoyed it. And go grab those comic books out of shop. Say hello. Get into a real store. Put your eyes on some actual paper. And oh, of course, don't leave home. Don't forget, buy three of and subscribe to... That's it. How did it feel to you? like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly glory.